forgot. Do you want a beer? Okay. Do you want a blue moon? <laughs> sure. I mean, we also have Bud Light. Blue moon sounds good. Welcome back to Loveland Young Professionals Podcast. We are here today with Caitlin Jarvis. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) And today we are drinking beer. It's a Friday, which is a little bit more appropriate than when we do Thursday interviews. And Caitlin, you are the owner of Peace Stamps, correct? Yes, that's correct. You're the founder of Peace Stamps. I am. Now tell me what Peace Stamps does. So the primary mission of Peace Stamps is to promote cultural understanding through your travels. So currently what I'm doing is I'm trying to travel to every country and gain relationships with local nonprofits so that I can take groups on mission trips to these countries. So you've been to how many countries? 145. I didn't know there was that many countries like in the world, so that's pretty impressive. There's 193, but it's kind of a complicated list. But aren't there some places like they're kind of countries, but like they're not actually countries? Yeah, so the 193 is like the UN recognized list, Mm. but then there's like the Vatican, Palestine, Kosovo, Nagorno-Karabakh, like there's a bunch of territories that aren't recognized as countries by the UN. And we're going to those too. Yeah, I've been to those. You've already been to those? Yeah. (laughs) So, like, what about, like, North Korea? That's a country recognized by the UN. Have you been to North Korea? I have not been to North Korea. Okay, so that's in the 50 you still haven't hit on yet. Right. That's the only country that it's actually a federal crime for me to go (laughs) to to that country. (laughs) you like a permission slip from, like, President Biden? Just be like, hey, can I go to North Korea? Is that how that works? Actually, yeah, that's exactly how it works. That's terrifying. The only people that are allowed to go have to get special permission from... I don't know if it's the president themselves, but the executive branch. Or, really? Yeah. So it actually is like a doctor's note of like, hey, yeah. it's okay. Kaylin's going to show up late for work today because she's going to North Korea. Exactly. That's, that's fine. <laughs> so, okay. And you've been to 145 and you said you've already hit the top 10 most dangerous. That's correct. And you're a young person. Yep. You are. How almost old? 30. <laughs> still young. Still young. Actually, my birthday's on Sunday. Oh my gosh. Happy birthday. Thanks. I didn't know that. Do you want me to, we'll sing afterwards and it'll be, it'll be how we do the outro music is just us singing happy birthday to you. Okay. <laughs> so you've been to the 10 most dangerous countries and you're, you're under 30 years old and you've already been to way more than the vast majority of people will ever see. So just some rapid fire questions. What's been... You probably can't tell me this, but what's been the coolest country you've ever been to? Other than America, because let's be real. Yeah, second to America. (laughs) So I like to say my favorite experience, because I have a ton of favorite countries. So my favorite experience was trekking with gorillas in the Congo. It was an amazing experience. It was so cool. Wait, trekking, like hiking with gorillas? Yeah, but it's not like marked trails, there's literally a man walking in front of you with a machete, like cutting down the vines and the, the, I don't know, the foliage. Is the that foliage, yeah, the yeah. fauna and something. Yeah, <laughs> the that's fauna. A thing. That's a thing. And then there's just gorillas just hanging out. Yep. Do they interact with you? So, I don't know how deep you want me to get I'm into very this. Deep. Go for it. I would definitely want to hear about gorillas in the Congo. There's inhibituated gorillas, which means they have had less than eight 
interactions with humans. So the gorillas that I tracked with were the Baraka family, and they were inhibituated. I was their fourth human interaction. Oh, my God. Yeah, so they... They tried to interact with me, especially the babies and like the teenage gorillas. But if the babies touch you, the adults charge you and will try and kill you. Right, because you're touching their baby. Exactly. So, yeah, you couldn't interact with them physically, but you could sit there and observe them and watch them go about their lives. It was such a cool experience. That sounds really cool. I mean, so what what did they get up to when you were there? Did they do anything funny? Or do they just hang out being gorillas? Well, like, the teenagers would wrestle and fight, and the babies, they were just so cute. They would, like, there was one that I remember that climbed out on a a limb and was just sitting there staring at me. And he kept, like, moving closer, and my guide kept telling me to move backwards. To keep space so the parents don't kill you. Exactly. No, that's fair. That's fair. Like, dying by gorilla. What a way to go. Yeah. For someone from Loveland, Ohio. Yeah. Because that's that's a very common death in Ohio. Right. So you said you've already been in the top 10 most dangerous then. So do you know that list off the top of your head? I can try. Okay, so Afghanistan is number one. Fair. And then Syria, Iraq, South Sudan... The Democratic Republic of Congo. Which is not the same. Was that the same? That's the one that I went okay, to. Okay, gotcha. I haven't been to the Republic of the Congo. Oh, I didn't know those are two separate they're, places. Yep. Yeah, they're see. right next to each other. I don't know they split up. <laughs> that makes sense. Bad breakup. Then Central African Republic, Somalia, Russia is number 10. Really? I know. That's I, strange. So this list is based off the Global Peace Index, which is a report done every year. Mm. And I don't know if I necessarily agree, <laughs> agree with, with all of right. them, but it's who? just some angry person in Washington being like, I don't like this country today. <laughs> they put a lot of work into it. So maybe they're right. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So then your experience out of those 10, would you, and you've been to obviously 135 other ones. Have they truly been the 10 most dangerous, like safety wise for you or? Yeah. Um, the ones that are on that list are some of them are the only countries that I've had scary experiences in. So what's a scary experience for you? Like if I go to Aruba and my bag gets lost, I'm like, this is a scary experience <laughs> for me. So like, what's it take to be a notable scary experience for Caitlin Jarvis? Okay, so Central African Republic, I had a stalker who just somehow showed up everywhere I was. And he kept like telling me I, telling me I owed him money. And but it, the scary part is they kept letting him into my hotel, and one time oh he tried to like break down my hotel door. Like you're to your room. Yeah, they That's like told up. him what my room number was, and they speak only French in Central African Republic. Okay. And you do not speak French. I do not speak French. Right. I speak Google Translate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that was scary. So is that the scariest then? That was definitely the scariest. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, the scariest thing that has actually happened to me, like the most scary thing that could potentially happen to me was in Afghanistan. Which was most recent. Yes. Which was you got back last week? Actually, I think it's been a month now that I got, yeah. Cool. What happened there? So there was a few cities that I wanted to go to in Afghanistan. And the safest way to travel within Afghanistan is to fly. And the airline Cam Air, they only have a few planes in their fleet that just fly like back and forth between Kabul and this the destination. Mm-hmm. So I was trying to go to a city called Bamiyan, mm-hmm. 
And the flight, the the plane that flies to Bamyan was in the Ukraine getting fixed. Yep. So this Delta warehouse kind of thing. Yeah, right. right. For sure. <laughs> and so I had to drive, and there's only two roads that go from Kabul to Bamyan, and one is just a hundred percent Taliban territory. So that one was off limits. But the other one is about a five-hour drive. It's about three hours longer than the other road, mm-hmm. but only 20 minutes of it is Taliban territory. So, like, Google Maps is going to route you through that way, because it's like, hey, so are we the Taliban alert? <laughs> yeah. Okay, gotcha. It's like Waze. You can just <laughs> okay, report just the Taliban. Taliban. <laughs> You're like, hey, there's a police radar, and by the way, right, that's, that's terrifying. Yeah. So I had to wear the full, it's called a blue burqa, mm-hmm. and it's like the screen in front of your eyes, more power to the women that wear it. It's not comfortable. the most comfortable thing Especially I've ever Especially in the heat and everything, too. Yeah. Actually, the weather was pretty nice in Afghanistan. Really? In Kabul, it was 60s, 70s. Oh, nice. And then you've also been to places like Syria, which are also like hot topics in the news. How did you feel going to like Syria and I don't know, Somalia and the different areas that we hear about often on our news cycle? Yeah, so Syria, I never felt unsafe. The only thing that worried me about Syria was that we had just done some, like the U.S. had just done some airstrikes in Syria. Oh, good. So I was afraid to tell people that I was from the United States. But when I did, everyone was so excited to meet me and have a tourist in their country and yeah, so it was. Let's talk about some of the positive experiences then, instead of just like doing the scary things. What's been like the most, I don't know, eye opening in a good way experience, you think? I just, my favorite thing is that when you go to these countries, you just realize how all humans are the same. Yeah. Like, even if you're in Afghanistan or Syria or Libya, oh, Libya is one of the 10 most dangerous countries. Oh, yeah. That's number 10. Gotcha. Before Russia. Yes. Right. <laughs> Uh, you realize that just everyone is the same, and you go to the town square, and couples are just walking, pushing their stroller, chasing their toddlers, and doing toddler things. Yeah, right? and it's just like refreshing, and it's also really nice to see how adaptable humans are. Is mm. I feel like if you haven't been to like one of these dangerous countries, you would expect them to be angry for all the things that have happened to them. Mm-hmm. But I, Syria, Afghanistan, Somalia, all of these people that I've met are just the friendliest, happiest people. So you think there's more kindness than hatred and, and negative feelings then? Yeah. Yeah. So talking about the things that make humans humans, their family is a big one. And I mean, I never went to any of the places you've been to, but I lived for, for a while in Wales. Everyone always asked me about culture shock. And for me, it was the same three things. People liked their families they liked their sports, whatever sport it is, usually soccer, yep. and they liked their beer or their vodka or whatever it is. And yeah. like, those are the three things, like, no matter where you go, I'm like, yeah, those are consistent, right? Yeah. So the, the, the human condition, no matter where you go, is consistent. And then in the countries you can't drink beer, they find, like, weed or there's this drug called chat. <laughs> chat? Yeah, it's like a leaf, and I guess it has the same effect as cocaine. Oh, fun. I don't know if <laughs> this is something we should this talk about This is totally something here. we should talk from the Little okay. Game Professionals <laughs> podcast. That's awesome. No, that's that's fantastic. So, okay, um, looking at 
the, the, the question that you're living the dream for a lot of people that look at what you're doing, you're inspiring a whole generation coming from behind you because there's this idea that we need to go out and experience the world and millennials. It's a great idea. It's kind of romanticized, right? They want to go and do this. Yeah. So you're the first person I've talked to who's like, no, I'm really going to go do this and you've done it. Right. And like, I'm like, I'm a world traveler. I've been to Aruba, right? <laughs> like, but well, you're actually a world traveler. So for the people that want to kind of follow in that mission, how do they get there? Just do it. Like, don't overthink it. (laughs) But also do your research. A lot of times I think people think that I just pick up and I go to Afghanistan. That's what I think you do. (laughs) Well, no. (laughs) There's a lot of research that goes into it. And if it's like a dangerous country, I take the necessary precautions. I get a guide. For Somalia, I had to get a whole seven-team armed crew of men that protected me i don't know if they would have protected me had they needed i was to. gonna say like how sure are you on their qualifications to protect you right so but you you talk to them beforehand you're like hey i'm not just gonna walk in right? yeah and yeah and then just use your guide like if even if you're going to like i don't think egypt is dangerous but somebody who hasn't traveled to egypt yet they might be uncomfortable just use your guide ask them all the questions that you have don't feel like you're annoying them. It's their job to answer your questions. Right. And then I'm sure you've had a lot of really good guides then. Yeah. So, I mean, your relationships with your guides, I'm sure that's something else you're taking away, right? Do you stay in contact with any of the people that you meet on your adventures? Yeah. Well, and also with my nonprofit, I eventually want to go back there with a group of people to help them and an organization there. So let's talk about that. So the nonprofit side of it is eventually want to go back and basically lead mission trips. Exactly. So where are some of the places you've identified future projects for peace stamps? So, so far, Afghanistan and Syria have the biggest place in my heart. (laughs) For what needs to be done. Yeah. So I just got back from Afghanistan, like we were saying, and I worked with a, like a children's organization there. In these war-torn countries, it's very easy. Well, it's, it's unfortunate, like how much the need is there immediately. So they don't, really have the opportunity to think about the future so they take their children and they have them sell little trinkets on the street for income for their family or they clean shoes for income for their family but in the long run that's not helping them because they can't get an education and so the organization i worked with in afghanistan they bought like a large house in um, mazar sharif it's like northern afghanistan and they just take children in and they provide them an education and meals and just like it's like nest pro- it's basically nest yeah yeah it's Afghanistan. like afghani nest <laughs> there you go yeah hear that van we're moving you to Afghanistan. yeah cool van <laughs> yeah no that's that's crazy okay then what about syria is it kind of same thing or what are they what's yeah the syria passion yep so i well also i think the reason that i like that i want to help both of those countries is that their struggle has been during my lifetime so Mm -hmm. i feel like i've seen it happen whether it's through the media or like visiting the country so i want to help those people and yeah syria is the same they have the same need as afghanistan i feel like from my experience okay gotcha so um, 
there's a lot of people when I share your story, which I'm pretty sure I'm your biggest like proponent on social media of like, hey, you need to check Caitlin out. What she's doing is amazing. I appreciate it. <laughs> so how do people, we already talked about like kind of just kind of go and do it and just kind of research it. How do they afford it? Because that's a pretty major thing. And you're working two jobs right now to kind of do that. Yes. <laughs> when I first started traveling, I had saved up a bunch of money through my old job. And I was planning on buying a house and doing the whole... White picket fence, yeah. our two kids. Yeah. yeah, it's really fun. Let me tell you. Yeah, Go ahead. <laughs> and and then I decided that I wanted to travel, and then I spent all of that money. <laughs> That's totally cool. So and then um and. Go ahead. And then I, so I ran out of money in August 2018, but I still had that desire to travel. So I, I'm fortunate that my family owns a business, so mm-hmm. I work with my family. Mm-hmm. And then I also picked up a serving job, and then I ref lacrosse in the spring. So you have three jobs. Yeah, like two and a half. Two and a half <laughs> jobs. Two, three in the spring. Yeah. So what do you do for your family? So my family owns a small investment firm. We handle retirement accounts. Uh, for high net worth individuals, and yeah, nice. So it's like Roth IRAs, or is it like past that? Like yeah, Roth IRAs, okay. individual accounts, r- traditional IRAs, educational oh. funds. Yeah. So what's the company's name? <laughs> Jarvis Global Investments. Oh, perfect! Shout out to Jarvis Global Investments. Yeah. Nice. And so you said family company. Is it everyone in your family? Is it just a couple people? So it's my dad who started it in 2006, mm-hmm. and then me and my brother. How does that usually work out? It works out well. My brother and I. Sh- share an office and so we just kind of like hang out up there and then mess with you with each other sometimes good yeah my wife and i share an office it's always peachy keen nothing bad ever happens yeah it's always really really nice (laughs) and then sometimes you bring your baby right sometimes i bring my baby my baby screams for like three hours oh yeah the one time i introduced him to my staff i brought him in and it was the only time he's cried for more than like an hour straight oh he was just not having it so i'm like all right this is never happening maybe staffing isn't in his future that's what i'm saying (laughs) like okay so not express what are we going into then but yeah that's hilarious and then um, you said two other jobs. You said a serving job. And where are you currently? So right now I work at the Wicked Pickle in downtown Loveland. And that used to be Lyle's, right? Lyle's Barbecue. Okay. It's, it's still all the same recipes. It's just a new name. <laughs> gotcha. And that's a great spot they have right there on the Yeah. Row. And it's super laid back and it's fun because I get to like talk to people, but I'm also making travel money. <laughs> You're making tra- So yeah. when you talking about your travel money, like, is it like a fun that you have? Is it like, hey, I'm storing this money for this trip? Or do you have a budget of like, hey, I need to serve... I need to save like $5,000 to go to Afghanistan. So what I do is I travel quarterly. So I just work as hard as I can for all three jobs <laughs> until I feel comfortable with my financial situation. And then I pick somewhere I want to go and I select countries that are all like around each other so mm-hmm. that I can just hop between them. And then I go. And you go and you do it. Yeah. Yeah. So when you're, do you use like Expedia or is that like not an actual thing that actual travels use? So what I do is I never pay for long haul flights. Like I'm really good at manipulating credit card points. And that's what Ramey does too. Yeah. 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 It's a great way to travel. And so I went to, yeah, I went to Afghanistan, Mm -hmm. but I went to Uzbekistan first and I flew through Dubai and I spent like $20 to fly to Dubai and then $100 to fly from Dubai to Uzbekistan. Okay. So it's really... it's The flight isn't there. So it's the yeah. hotel stays, it's things like that. Now, when you're working with nonprofits, do you usually provide boarding too? Or is it kind of just like you have to pay your own boarding hotels? No, you have yeah. to pay your own boarding. Yeah. yeah. And then what's been the... 
um, in your entire experience so far, what's been the most fun nonprofit? Uh, I think I would say Costa Rica. I worked with baby sea turtles. So every night we would, would patrol the beach and watch for mother sea turtles to crawl out of the ocean to lay her eggs. And it's like a race to the eggs between you and the poachers. So you run to the uh, the the mother laying her eggs and you place a basket under her and collect all the eggs and then we take it back to the organization and we dig a hole and let them incubate in that hole and then they crawl up through the sand and then you collect them and then you take them to the beach again and let them swim out to the ocean. Okay, how do I sign and, up for that nonprofit? <laughs> it's called LAST, Latin American Sea Turtle association that's awesome yeah that was in costa rica it was so cool yeah that one did provide accommodation there you go we almost went to costa rica two years ago before covid blew up that was raymond and i's next trip for it yeah covid yeah (laughs) how has that impacted your travels too well my goal was to visit every country before i was 30 and now i only have a year to go to 50 ish countries is that doable no do we need to make a gofundme just to be like (laughs) hey send kaylin to 50 more countries yeah so I don't really want people to pay for my travels. I feel like they should pay for their own Their own travels. (laughs) Yeah, their own travels. So what's been the most surprising place? So like going to a place you might have thought is going to be like, this is going to be scary or awful, and it's been an amazing experience. Or the vice versa, like, I'm going to Disneyland. It ends up being awful, which is what Disneyland actually is, if we're being honest. But anyway. Um, Well, I guess just like Syria. I was expecting it to be scary and... I mean, it is war-torn, but it's beautiful, and there's just so much history there. Like, mm-hmm. the, there's, like, Roman ruins, and it's just an incredible place. I was expecting it just to be all destroyed, but it wasn't. It's it was, not. I remember you sent pictures of a place that had a bunch of hot air balloons. Oh, yeah. That's uh, Cappadocia, Turkey. That's pretty cool, too. That was really cool. You yeah. sent that picture, I'm just like, that's dope. Like, that would be a fun place to be. <laughs> it was cool. Um, it's funny, like, social media, sometimes when I post pictures, people are like, that's photoshopped. I'm unfollowing you. I'm like, okay, go ahead. Like, yeah, it's, it's, it's really it's not. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. It's a beautiful place. So when you look back and, like, looking at how traveling has impacted your life personally, I personally think everyone should travel because it just kind of opens up their mind to, like, oh, hey, it's not just us. Do you run across a lot of other young travelers? Yeah. So when I was in Afghanistan, I actually ran into, I think there was 11 tourists staying in my hotel. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And so we're all a part of this Facebook group called Every Passport Stamp. Mm. And now we like share our locations. So yeah, you run into a lot of people more now because of social media. Because you're both like, hey, we're both in Afghanistan right now. Yeah. Let's meet up. Yeah. And actually, that platform's great because we all share our tour guides. Oh, that's awesome. So you know people that have used them, and it's not just like popping into Afghanistan and hoping that you have a good tour, tour guide. Right, like, hey, you're going to take me to this? Yeah, that's that's. I bet that has a huge help having have a network built into it. So it's like LinkedIn for travelers then. Yeah. Now, is that public? Like, can I get on that? Or do you have to be like a part of a club for it? I think you can request to be a part of it. Oh, cool. Yeah. Cool. And then, yeah. like, since we're Facebook friends, I can just accept it. Oh, nice. So it's like an actual Facebook group. Then. Yeah. Oh, yep. Okay. I think there's, like, 12,000 people in it. Oh, my gosh. So, and because what you're doing is not rare anymore either. Like, Right. So when I first started doing it, I only knew one person who kind of inspired me to do it. So I started doing it, and then I met all of these people that are doing it, and now it just feels like 
a very large group of people. <laughs> right. So what kind of advice do you have for um, people maybe in their high school or whatever, looking to, they wanted to travel more, they want to study abroad or whatever? Uh, just do it? Yeah, just do it. <laughs> I'm, I'm a big proponent. Pro- What's the word I'm looking for? Proponent, yeah. Proponent for gap years. Mm -hmm. I think that you should take a gap year between high school and college and figure out what you want to do, and then maybe even take a gap year between college and the workforce. Mm -hmm. And And then go do your thing. Yeah. Because you're never going to get younger with it, right? Right, yeah. I don't want to walk into Afghanistan when I'm 50 or sleep on an airport floor. or. (laughs) And then, so you're mostly a solo traveler, too. Do you ever travel with anyone else? Yeah, so my parents have actually joined me on a few trips. They went to Antarctica with me in December 2019. Uh, My friend Amanda went with me to Cappadocia, Turkey. And I went to Iraq with another traveler. Mm -hmm. I'm going to Mali, Timbuktu, Mali in November of this year with... 13 other travelers. Oh, cool. So you do still travel with groups and everything, yeah, too. Yeah. Okay. I've always just thought it's just you doing these things. I was like, that's scary. But then <laughs> you know what you're going into by your research and everything, too. Yeah. That's awesome. And also, that's another way that I can afford it sometimes is by joining a group of, we call ourselves extreme travelers, and then... I would say that totally works. I think extreme <laughs> travelers is exactly what you are. So that's that's fantastic. So anything else you want to say to the people of Loveland or anyone in Loveland, you're professionals? Come visit me at the Wicked Pickle. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. And now we do the outro music. Do you go on a lot of flights with babies? There's literally a man walking in front of you with a machete, like, dying by gorilla. What a way to go. Yeah. We're still from Loveland, Ohio. Yeah. (laughs) And Uzbekistan. And Uzbekistan. I've never even heard of that country before. Yeah. Bye. I can't get this twist cap open. There we go. I'm an adult. Way more. Okay. Your life story is crazy. You're bad. Thanks. You're the most like well-spoken world traveler I've ever met because you're the only world traveler I've ever met. Oh. So, yeah. well, I'm pretty sure I'm responsible for like half of your Facebook followers. Well, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> Do you want me to dump it out or no, anything? No, okay. We'll just give it to uh, Lindsay when she comes in.